0: Onto the science fiction Story number one I Cut Myself Written by Hard Light Serial At ordinary high school, bioplastic buildings arranged in a loose jumble, each devoted to a different area of education. Yellow-skinned bipeds known as fald, hurry between the classes, scattered amongst the crowd are a handful of larger and smaller aliens. Here, an adolescent boy slithers across the grassy courtyard, talking animatedly with his more mobile friends. There... An insectoid girl is scolded by flying into another student. Our story follows a 15-year-old human boy on the way to a physical education. His species ages just a little bit slower than the vault, and so he has already been held back twice. The adults in his life assure him that it was to be expected that he kept up with the vault students admirably. He still feels the shame of failure. His classmates gather around the teacher, eager to stretch their legs. The boy would prefer to be wearing something better for running, but there isn't time to change. If he said he needed to change his clothes, the teacher would allow it, but the other students would still whisper. The felt wouldn't mind the smell of his sweat, and he could outpace them most anyway. As long as he showered when he got home, there would be no problems." The teacher talks about past progress and techniques for the future. They'll be continuing with the wrestling unit today and for the next two weeks as well. The human boy likes wrestling, his natural strength and better than the average vault. He never would be as strong as a vault can become, but that doesn't bother him. He's paired up with his friends who also got held back last year punishment for cheating in his harsh and felt schools and his friend won't do it again if he wants to graduate even so the felt boy knows this year's content his brains more developed than the humans he needed to devote less time to studying and he has spent those hours at the gym a fair fight the teacher blows the whistle 18 felt boys one human and a toxic girl leap into combat the Chitoxi wins her fight in moments, her partner grinning as he dangles by his ankle. Tomorrow, her brother will be struggling to keep up with the Felt girls if they run. Next to the Chitoxi girl, a Felt boy had just pinned his partner to the ground. Other pairs were finishing as well. The human and his friend are the last to finish, still fighting. The human grabs the Felt by the shoulders and forces him down, but the Felt ducks out and shoves the human away. The human loses his balance and tries to grab his rival to steady himself. His nails sweep across the felt skin, drawing yellow blood. The teacher sounds her whistle and pulls out a first aid kit replicator on the wall. School regulations are clear, whether the injury is a scrape or a beheading. As she bandages the fault boy's arm, she talks sternly to the human. I understand it's hard being different, but next time, you should be more careful with your claws. Cause too many injuries with those, and you might be suspended. The human grins at his friend. Sorry, mate, I'll cut them now. The felt boy was confused. Cut what? Me? Yes, cut what? Frowns the teacher. Uh, my nails, so I don't scratch anyone. At this, both felt seemed concerned. Jake, would your parents want to hear that you've cut your own claws off? The human shrugs. They are always telling me to do it. The teacher is trying to figure out what her student means when the Tertoxel approaches. Is this like the wisdom teeth that you were telling me about? We have a similar ritual of removing our venom spikes. We need a doctor, though. The teacher agrees. Jake, if you're removing a part of your body, I need written permission from your parents, and you would do it in the nurse's office to be safe. Now Jake was the confused one What? No, I cut them all the time Sometimes with my teeth, they'll just grow back Jake's teacher is considering calling the school psychotherapist You repeatedly cut off part of your body Why in the world? Well if I don't, they just keep getting longer It's like my hair You've seen me after I get a haircut, right? I thought you mulched your hair like Jason You cut that off too My mom does She says back on Epsilon There are people whose job is cutting hair can I get some nail scissors out of the replicator now? A month later, the human and his friends were eating lunch. One of the faults is telling a story about a cousin. And he had all these scars on his wrist. He said that he used to cut himself when he had depression. Another fault speaks up. You mean, like Jake? End of story. Story number two. Honestly, the ancients were kind of pricks. Written by 33-4-P-3 No matter how divided the universe might be, no matter how many nations might be at war, no matter how many ships might at any moment be engaged in a full-on firefight, there was one thing that united everyone. The belief that the ancients were gigantic, pompous pricks. I have grown tired of this conversation, the machine on the other side of the screen spoke Its robot eyes searching Its sleek, ivory plating For any and all blemishes Srelak, was sure That it hadn't been looked at her once Through all of her talking That foul-lexicling union Didn't reach its place By listening to petty, waiting, uncivilized species If you speak to me, speak quickly And don't waste my time Feeling rage bubbling within her veins The Na'watar called out to the screen Now Wait! The synthetic looked up at her, as any diplomat involved with the Flexclag knew. They had taken great precautions to make sure that their robotic faces were most able to make their expressions known. The feet cut. Until next time, Ambassador. She was trembling now, the seething hatred flowing through her veins, screaming to be vent. What do you mean? You're growing bored with this conversation. We've been talking for five freaking minutes. She screamed into the emptiness of her chamber. The Flex Clang, who had abandoned their body of flesh and blood before her ancestors had first crawled from the water. But if you thought a prospect of life until the heat death of the universe would foster some patience, you apparently would be wrong. The Gunsung, whose mastery of architecture and terraforming defied all comprehension. Gunsung. Who used that very understanding to devour the perfectly habitable planets the rest of the galaxy desperately needed, wiping out billions of fascinating and undiscovered species without a second's regard to their existence? And for what to leave behind a grand trail of cosmic art installations? The Saban, who had taken upon themselves to be chroniclers of the universe, monitoring the flux of the universe's constants with utmost precision. The Saban, who had never, ever established diplomatic contact with all but their other ancients. Once again, sending vague messages through all channels, boasting about their accuracy and self-proclaimed title in one, and passively, aggressively bitching in the next. seriously. What is this, high school? And of course, none of them had ever sent delegates to the Galactic Embassy. The Clan scoffing at the notion, the Gunsun mocking their faulty construction, and the Sivan, as always, grinding Galactic Communication Networks to the ground as they blasted their bullshit through all available channels. Only her train of thought was interrupted as she heard a knocking on the door. Who would disturb her in the deepest reaches of her embassy Everyone on staff knew that she had an important conference with the Flex Klang. She had a sneaking suspicion while she strolled towards the door As she peered into the camera feed of the beyond the door She could see a familiar tall frame Rocking from foot to foot Waiting for her to open the door Feeling a smile creep into her face despite herself She opened the door "'Ambassador Jordan, to what do I owe the pleasure of your visit?' "'Directly to me. "'In the deepest, uh, most heavily secured part of this gigantic complex?' The human rubbed his neck apologetically as he chuckled. "'So, uh, I heard you be talking with the Flex Flexclang today. "'I went out on a leg and presumed that the talks wouldn't last long. "'You know how they are.' He cleared his throat. "'So, uh, since you should be free for some time, "'I thought I'd ask you whether you'd like to accompany me somewhere.' Curious, she tilted her head, a human mannerism that she had picked up from him. She didn't even question how he got a word of the highly classified talks. Where to, if I might ask? I only have a limited time before I have to return to my duties. She sighed at the thought about the mountain of reports that she'd have to write and paperwork that she'd have to fill out. Just for a five-minute one-sided talking, it was giving her a headache. The human looked at her, frowning. Shree! "'You need some time off.' "'He scoffed at her while calling her a nickname he'd given her. "'So why not?' "'A drum roll sounded from somewhere. "'At the party we've got going down in Andromeda.' "'The sound of a fanfare being blown underlined the reveal. Shri found herself smiling despite her best efforts not to. "'You know I cannot hold much of your human liquor, Samuel. "'The last time you took me out, I needed three days for the hangover to pass.' He shook his head and incredulously at her. Sri, Sri, did you believe I didn't think of this? We have got some light alcohol there as well, as well as some of your people's drinks, and you've got several days to come to your senses. We decided to make time just a bit slower there. See it as a paid vacation, during work no less, he winked at her. And if all else fails, we can even have another pair of livers for you. She blinked at him, and he showed her two organs floating adrift in a large cylindrical tubes. "'Don't look at me like that. I'm on my fifth. Shrelak took a few seconds to consider his proposition. Before the chatter, the teeth broke her from her thoughts. Looking up, she saw the human, shivering violently as he stood in the hallway. He gave her a bluish thumbs-up and a crooked smile. "'Cold and wet aren't exactly perfectly environment conditions for humans.' She sighed and shook her head bemusedly. What the heck? The last time had been fun. Why not? I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Samuel turned to her, speaking as quickly as he could before the next line was sung. Come on, sing with me. As they blasted towards Andromeda, her driver chanting and screaming in sync with the music, Shree couldn't help but think the human peculiar. But what the hell? She took a deep breath. Life in plastic. Life is fantastic. The Flex Clan can taste my suction cups, she screamed out, dozens of thousands upon thousands of light years from her home. Her cheeks flushed a deep red. You tell him, Samuel cheered, half awake as he laid on the couch, lest dizziness knock him from his feet, pumping his fist into the air with all the strength that he could muster. A few of his friends cheered as he continued, a sly grin on his face. Do you know how they looked like once? They tried to all erase that, but uh, we never forgot their arses changed from red to blue with the seasons. He heaved a laughter before groaning and laying back down flatly on the sofa. That didn't stop him from continuing. The Gansung, when they first met us, they wanted to teach us about real engineering and started taking apart one of our colonies. He laughed heartily, followed by another groan. Took three shots to their precious artilleries there for them to capitulate And the goddamn Saban, he looked up at her They don't even know what they're missing out on She looked back at him and her mind slowly digested the statement Then she split into a predatory grin and winked at him You think I'm pretty, you flatterer, she thought Or did she say that? She might have slurred something He just smiled back at her his head now hanging a bit from the edge of the resting place. You're a fish lady with horns and little clothes. He gave her a thumbs up or down, considering we didn't take into account the change in perspective. Do you know how many people want to be a diplomat? She smiled and stood up, almost bawling as she sauntered over to him and let himself fall on top of him, making him groan again. As she laid on top of his warm body, she collected her thoughts. I'm so gonna regret this later. He slung his arms loosely around her, taking a few tries before to get a good grip. He mumbled as he pulled her closer. Diplomatic relations! Yay! Shrilak leaned back into the warmth. She mentally went through the things that she had learned during her time in the embassy. All ancients were pricks, except for the humans. They were pretty alright, actually. End of story.